You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Here's your host, Tia McNelly. You're listening to season three, episode three of The Collected Podcast. I'm Tia McNelly. And as always, I'm joined by our producer and co-host, Jess Biondo. Hi, Jess. Hey, it's so good to be back and to be celebrating the Christmas season. I am in need of some Christmas cheer. Yes, I bet you are. Are things coming together with your house? Yes. I don't know um, if our listeners know. I'll fill you in if you've missed the last couple episodes, but I had a flood at the end of November and it flooded my condo. And so um, as we're recording this, I'm in the midst of figuring out alternative living, but God has just been so faithful um, to provide every little thing I need in unexpected ways, um, which I think might tie into some things that our guest is going to talk about today. That's true. Yeah. But before before we get there, (laughs) God providing for every little thing is a theme for us at Collected as we just trust month by month, episode by episode, event by event. And as you know, this year we we got our 501c3 um, tax exempt status. And so we are officially a nonprofit ministry and we would love for you to partner with us here at the end of 2020 before the tax receipt deadline comes at the at the end of the day on December 31st. We would love for you to make a contribution. Pray for us as we step into 2021, not knowing what's coming, not knowing what's happening or um, what this ministry is going to look like. We keep just pivoting and shifting and trusting that God is going to provide as we go. And so we love you. We appreciate you, and we would be so grateful for your financial support. So just visit collectedministries.org slash donate to learn more about how you can become a monthly partner um, or make a one-time donation here at the end of the year. No so, gift is too big or small. We will accept them all and send absolutely. you a receipt. Yes. <laughs> and a year-end giving statement. That's right. Um, So without further ado, I would now like to introduce Katie M. Reed. And that name may sound familiar because we had her on uh, back in season one, and she was here to talk about her book, Made Like Martha. And now we have her back for a Christmas-themed episode because she has a rom-com novel that she just released called A Very Bavarian Christmas. She also has her own podcast, The Martha and Mary Show uh, Show Podcast. And she's a speaker. She's a coach for creatives. She does a lot of things. And we are so excited to have her. So Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back here. I was reminiscing that last time I recorded, our power was out in our house, and I was in my husband's car with you guys on the phone, and so it's so fun <laughs> to, right. see, to see your faces, and it's a little warmer um, here today. That's so good. Yeah, we have this like um, natural disaster theme going, don't we? <laughs> we have, like a flood, a snowstorm, but God is faithful, and we're grateful. So your new book, when when did it release? It actually released in October. We, in October. We, we had the ebook came out a little earlier for the launch team, but yes, October 13th 
is when A Very Bavarian Christmas came out. And I never thought I would write a fiction book, you know, that just was not on my radar. But the theme of 2020 is pivoting, right? Mm, And so that's right. Big pivot. And you know what's so interesting is like, God knew how this year was going to go. We did not know. He knew that people needed some hope and Mm -hmm. a happy ending, at least Mm -hmm. in book form. And so I'm just so grateful. It just feels like a gift to be able to offer hope to other people in the form of escape a little bit. But also, the book also tackles some real issues, some real hard things too, because that's real life. And I didn't want it to just be like this cookie cutter, unrealistic story. You know, we wanted to talk about things that people were facing, but rest assured, it does end well. You know, sometimes (laughs) when you're watching a movie or you're reading a book, you're anxious because you're like, oh no, is this going to go badly? So I want to reassure you at the end of 2020, you something can go great. That's so good. I love it. So you talked about pivoting. So one of the things that I would love to hear from you on is how we can pivot our passion when we're walking in obedience to God. How does that work? And I think that that might be one of the themes in in A Very Bavarian Christmas. So talk to us a little bit about pivoting our passion. Yeah. So when in March, when you know the world kind of shut down, I had about two weeks of panic and worry. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it was like, what if this? What if this? Oh my goodness! You know, as the mother hen, we have five kids. My husband's in ministry, and it was just I was a little panicked. And then I got my head in the game. I I kind of I'm a big planner, big to do list gal, but I I held those a little more uh, loosely because I didn't want to make a plan and then have to make another plan, another plan. And so I'm like, I'm just not going to plan much. But one of the things that God showed me during that time was even though things have changed, your calling has not changed. And so even if that meant I was going to be mailing snail mail, encouraging cards, or whatever it was, he still wanted me to proclaim the good news. And I think for some of us, when we face this dead end, we think that means we don't keep living out our calling. But you think about all throughout Scripture, right? There was big pivots that happened. I mean, think about Joseph, right? So he has these prophetic dreams of what his life is going to look like. And then, you know, he's falsely accused. He's in prison. He finds himself in a different country. But yet, God had was growing his character through all that, was giving yeah. him influence. And so I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, like, just because the circumstances change, like, I'm even thinking about as we get older, I'm 44 mm-hmm. now, and, you know, things are just happening that I can't control, But one of my friends, he has passed away since, but an elderly man, he used to be a pastor, an encourager, and then, you know, his health slowed him down a little bit, his age slowed him down, but he had this robust prayer ministry, and they would call people, he and his wife, on their birthdays, and it's like, even though it looked different, he was still faithfully doing what God had asked him to do. That's so cool. That's encouraging to me today. Without a doubt, because we're still look, figuring out what it looks like to adapt and adjust in in the current climate. And when the world kind of feels like it's on fire, it's like, okay, Lord, what are we supposed to do? But our call never changes. We we all share the common calling of the gospel, like you said, and that that never changes. So that's, right. that's so amazing. So the, the method might need to, and just like, you know, full disclosure with this book, I had plans to write another nonfiction book, and I ran into some roadblocks. And so I 
pivoted into this fiction world. But what's so interesting is sometimes I think in a fiction book, you can say things, you can teach things that people maybe are more receptive to because their guard is down, because it's the power of the story, right? So I can say, okay, in these five steps, you should do this. Or I can show you what it looks like to face hard things in your past through this fictional character that you might be more receptive to. And so you know, it could seem weird. Well, how are you going to give a power-packed message, you know, through a made-up story? But God's creative like that. Well, well he did it. Yeah, that's what Jesus <laughs> did all throughout his ministry is he told stories. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a really random question that you may or may not be prepared for. Hey. What is your up. favorite character for this, in this book? Oh, man. Who is your favorite character? Well, okay, so the main girl's name is Holly Noel. She's born the day of before course, Christmas. Right. Of course, right? But I actually have a, a friend in real life who's named Holly Noel, and she gave me permission to use her name. She loves Christmas. My character does not. So I do love the main character, probably because I spent the most time with her. But something that was really interesting is there's a supporting character named Andy. His name used to be Gary. We had to change it because I had another G name. So that's that's still hard for me. But anyway, Andy is he's older than Holly. There's there's not a love interest there, more like a big brother. And he, he's like everyone's favorite character. They're like, well, what happens to him? We need to know. And it was funny because as I was writing, I had no idea like that he yeah. was going to be a bigger character. That was a really interesting thing about writing fiction is it is like you're peering through the woods at this event like taking place and you're like jotting things down versus leading the characters to do things. So it's a really yeah. kind of trippy and weird experience, but it's like... It sounds like it. Well, and it's also like, well, what would they do? Not like, what would I want them to do? But it's like, is that consistent, you know, like with their character? So I would say Andy is definitely my second favorite. And I'm already thinking about a sequel. And so it's like, maybe we'll have to find out more of what happens to him. Andy gets his own spinoff series. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) As you were writing the book, did God reveal anything new and surprising to you about yourself and your own life? Mm. Well, one thing that um, happens is, so Holly's dad has a disability, but he didn't used to. Okay. So this is a big thing in her life. And she just wants things to be how they were. She and her dad were really close, but this happened when she was about seven years old. And so she has a lot of resentment. You know, she just, Mm. and can't we all relate to this? We just want things to go back to how they were, but they're not. Hello, 2020. (laughs) Yeah. And so she actually goes to counseling in the book. And one of the things that she has to do is she has to go back and face the past because she's kind Mm -hmm. of like holding this chip on her shoulder that's affecting her from going forward. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. And one of the things she does without giving too much away is she has to let go of that, which is not reality anymore, Mm -hmm. but it actually frees her to enjoy what is still a part of her reality. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. I think when we're trying to go back we actually miss out on a lot of the gifts that are currently happening because we're so like, but that's not how they're supposed to be or that's not how they were. And I think if we sit and think about it, I mean, this year has been hard, but there has been good things too. I refuse to give up hope on this year. I'm like, I'm not putting a sassy meme. Although I will say one of the memes I did like, I don't know if you guys watched Little House growing up, but they had a picture of Nellie 
And it said, it, and it said something like 2020. I'm like, all right, that was funny. That although feels if, right, yep. Although if they have a picture of then Nancy and say 2021, I'm out. <laughs> right, right. Nancy was worse than Nellie. <sighs> but anyway, um, so that's just a big part of it, mm-hmm. is are we so trying to go back that it's holding us from going forward? You know, one of the surprising things too is I, I'm a singer and songwriter and I, there's two original songs in the book, and one of them is a big pivotal moment for the main character, but one of the lines says, the key to peace is turning to face that which holds you down. The weight Mm. of freedom is not out of reach. Turn the knob, let yourself be found. And so this is part of the journey that Holly goes on is, Mm -hmm. hey, if I'm going to be able to move forward, I've got to go back and actually deal with this so that I'm free for now and for the future. Wow. Did you release those songs in any way? Well, I did. I mean, I had dreams of going into the recording studio and releasing it like I did the daughter song with me, like Martha, someday. But I did um, sing it at church. So there's a really rough recording of that that I can share with you guys if you want. It's, It's not like the most polished, but it's kind of this lullaby. And Holly Noel's at this concert and has this moment where the singer is singing the song. Uh, One other part that I had kind of polled my people on Facebook and said, what do you not like about rom-coms? You know, because some people love them, some people hate them. And one person said, I don't like how the guy, you know, ends up being the person's like everything because that's actually not healthy. Right. You know, it's not healthy. And my husband and I, when we were first married, we tell people all the time, we were like each other's gods, which is really not good. But I think a lot of Christian couples don't talk about that, but they Mm -hmm. act like it. They just Mm -hmm. don't want to admit that. And so one of the key parts in it too is um, that there's this exchange between this guy have, and he's like, hey, I'm just going to give this part away. He says, I want to be your one and only, but I can't be your everything. Wow. And so it was just this, that is God's role is to be our everything. And it's, hey, I'm, I'm married. I enjoy being married, but Holly is single in her 30s. There's so many women. That's their story. And I wanted to write that story. You know, Jess? <laughs> yeah. I wanted yeah, to me. write this story for you because it's it's a lot of people's reality. And so mm-hmm. she explores what that means. And she had this failed startup in the city, surprise, surprise, and had to move home. And she feels like a to failure. To the little like, town, I'm sure. To the right? little town of Bavarian yep. Falls, right? And yeah. that was not her plan. That's not what she imagined her life would be. And so right. it's learning to trust God, learning mm-hmm. to live with open hands, even though there's no guarantee of how the future is going to turn out. That really reminds me of a, a, a tough moment early in my marriage. And I may have talked about this on the show before, but um, I was finding myself just like terribly disappointed in marriage and in the way my hu- my husband loved me, you know? And I was talking to a girlfriend and she was like, Tia, you are expecting him to do what only God can do in your life, which is to fulfill you and satisfy you in every way. Only Jesus can do that. And, and I'm so grateful that that happened so early in marriage so that I had that to hold on to for, you know, all these years now. And and that is so very important to recognize that only Christ can fulfill and meet our every need. And He's so faithful to do that. So Katie, you you set this, this rom-com during Christmas time and it was based on a real life town, right? 
I cannot confirm or deny, but <laughs> oh. yes, no, <laughs> it is. I just will not say which town. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and I just remember you mentioned that when you were on. So if you want to, if you want more information, maybe go back and listen to her first episode in season yeah. one. <laughs> yes. There you go. You can be I a remember. sleuth. Yeah. You can be yep. a sleuth. Yep. <laughs> but so I think um, there's, there's innate hope built in um, when you, when you place the story around the Christmas season. Talk to us a little bit about the aspects of hope that are represented in the story. Yeah, you know, another part of just putting this together is it is a rom-com, but that's a part of the story. You know how some stories, every chapter, it's developing their relationship. And this Mm -hmm. is a lot about the town. And I have a single friend here at church. She's, I'm trying to think, she's probably late 50s. And she said to me as I was writing it, she goes, yes. She said, "I, you need to teach people how to love like through this book. And it wasn't just this romantic love, right? But it was a lot about Holly opening her heart even to the people around her. And Uh so that was really important. And I think Christmas tends to be that kind of season, even though it can be a hard season of we feel more celebratory or even the setting feels that way. And so a lot of the journey isn't just, you know, she and like, I'm not going to tell you which guy there's, it's a, it's a little bit of a twist, but there's several. to find out. Yeah, that's right. So I won't give that away. But a lot of it is she and other people in the town learning what it means to, I say, say yes to Christmas is kind of the mm. line, which is really saying yes to Jesus, right? Because Jesus right. said yes to Christmas all those years ago. And I think we're like, oh, yes, tiny baby, this is so sweet. But if you think about that, he was saying yes to Christmas so he could say yes to the cross, right? And so he could say yes to restoring us. And Mm -hmm. so when we live this yes life, it's not a guarantee, like I said, of, oh, this will happen and this will happen and this will happen. It's choosing to walk by faith and live with open hands, even though we're not guaranteed this Mm. outcome that, or it could be even better. Like one of the things is, so Holly got her art degree And everyone told her, oh, you know, that will never work out, right? And so she had this dream of opening this community art space in the city. It didn't work out. So now she's at this Christmas store painting ornaments with her art degree. Not glamorous, (laughs) right? But one of the things that happens to the book is the— someone points out to her, you wanted your art hanging in all these museums, but actually your ornaments are hanging in places all around the world— You know, so it's just like that pivot. Like she's still living out her purpose, but it's different. And in fact, she might have more of an impact because people are going to put that art on their, you know, tree. Their home doesn't break. Yeah, in their Mm -hmm. home. Yeah. Every year, you know, and just that her art's just bringing that joy. Plus then it's affordable that way, right? It's not a $1,500 painting. It's a $15 ornament. So it's just, I think that's true in our lives as well. As we look back on 2020, Mm -hmm. you know, we've still had an impact, but maybe it was on one person instead of a hundred or maybe Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. No doubt. So when, you know, you're, you're talking about saying yes, when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So I think this book was probably an experience like that for you. Yeah. Saying yes to God. What is it, if you're willing to share maybe another another situation in your life where you gave God your yes, not knowing what the outcome would look like? Mm. 
Well, we adopted our fourth child. And so it was, God made it so clear that this is what we were supposed to do. And I can't remember if I shared this before, but it's worth repeating. You know, my biggest fear in saying yes to that was that we'd have a failed adoption attempt. You know, like oh, that was like yeah. my greatest fear. Because sometimes when you say yes, you're like, okay, is God going to ask me to go move across the seas and live in a hut? <laughs> that used to right. be my fear, you know? <laughs> and so, and sometimes he asks us to do those things, but we did. It was actually um, November 16th in 2012. We got a call to pick up a little boy at the hospital. We went to the hospital, never paid it, made it past the first floor. The birth mom changed her mind. And oh. I mean, ultimately, you want a birth mom to choose to keep her child, right? Right. But as an adoptive mom, that was not what I wanted. I'm just being honest. And so it was super hard. And it was like, I just remember just having words with God. Like, are you kidding me? We've been waiting almost two years. You could have protected us from this. You know why? And I still don't know why. Um, But we did adopt our son, Isaiah, that March, so like several months after, but we had no idea when we got right. that no. You know, we were like, yes, God, we will do it. And then yes. we got this no. And I still like, I think sometimes I like to know, like, or speculate what God was doing. I still do not know. But I yeah. tell you what, it's made me so much more empathetic to others when, whether it's with, you know, waiting for a child or waiting for a spouse or waiting for a promotion or whatever that is, just that hurt, those things you can't explain away. Um, But I also knew that I knew that I knew he had told us to do it. And Mm. so it was like, by the end there, I was hanging on by a thread. And I remember going out to uh, dinner with a friend and I didn't say this to many people, but I'm like, Charity, I'm hanging on by thread. I know God told us to do this, but it's getting very, very hard to wait. Well, that was on a Saturday that Friday, our son had been born, and we were 20 minutes from the hospital when we were at that restaurant. Wow. So God had already answered. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that Monday, we got a call. We went and picked up our son, but it was just— So just if anyone's listening and you are hanging on by a thread, I know what that feels like, yeah. but I love that verse, and maybe you guys can find it in the show notes, but I think it's in Isaiah. It says, before you even call, I will answer. Yes. And I just want to encourage people, like, before you even call with— God to God with that need, He is already working on yes. all sides of that. And sometimes the answer is not wrapped in a tidy bow or a Pampers diaper. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't look like we expected, but isn't that like with Jesus? The Jews yeah. were expecting this king to mm-hmm. rule and reign and overthrow Rome, but he came in the form of a baby. But it was even greater, an even greater deliverance than what they were even praying for. Mm. Dang. That was good, sister. (laughs) That's so good. Oh, man. I I love talking to you, girls. (laughs) (laughs) We're so glad and we're so happy to have you back. It's so exciting. We are kind of running out of time, so I want to start to wrap up, but I want to give you the opportunity to share anything that you feel like if you can get this message out to the world and let people hear what God has put on your heart, what would that be? What would you want to share with people? Like with the book or just anything? Anything. It could be the, for this present moment in, in the process of getting this book into the world. It could be like your life message. What is it that you feel like God has put on your heart to get out into the world? 
Okay, well, this could be slightly controversial, but let's just go there. So You know what? Feels like God's taking us to a okay. push the limits place lately. So let's okay. do it. So I don't know how people feel about tattoos, but <laughs> I have yay, one. Yay. Okay, yeah. great. Great. I will proceed then. So I still don't totally know what I feel for myself, but my husband has a couple. I am an Enneagram one. So like I want to do the right thing. Like I'm very driven by what's right and good. Yes. But Tomorrow night, my daughter and I are going to get tattoos. She's really? six, she's 16. Wow. And I have been for years, like 12 years, contemplating a tattoo. <laughs> this feels so permanent, right? Like, I've got to get this yeah. right. But here's yeah. what I'm getting, and this ties into what I want to say. So in the Prince Caspian movie, in the Narnia mm-hmm. movie, Lucy— has this dream and she wants to be like her big sister, Susan. And so she has this dream about it. And in her dream, um, things don't exist because it's this altered reality, right? So she wakes up and Aslan the lion is saying to her, like, tell me about that. So she's talking about it. And he says to her, they're looking in a mirror together. He says, you doubt your value. Don't run from who you are. So my tattoo is going to be, don't run from who you are. And the idea is, think back in the Garden of Eden, right? God created us for relationship with Him. He created us with unique personalities and all of that. And so my passion is to help others bring life to their creative projects and their God-given purpose. And I don't want them to run from who they are, that original design. And so whether you are shy, whether you are outgoing, whether you are creative, whether you are analytical, we are here for a short time on earth to live out the purpose God gave us. And so I don't want myself or anyone to run from who they are. And just a real quick story, I got to go to Israel in 2018. It was an incredible experience. And my big aha moment was actually in this Roman theater, completely pagan place where like bad things happened, right? But I'm sitting in this theater outdoor theater, and I'm crying because there was a stage, there's a huge theater, and I felt so at home. I've always been like that, wanting to perform. And I felt in that moment, God said, you don't have to apologize for that. This is who I made you to be. And for as a wow. Christian, it's weird to be like, I want to be on stage or I want to do these things. But that's actually how he made me. And so I don't want to run from that. And I don't want anyone who's listening or you guys either. And Tia, I just have to tell you publicly, I've known, I've told you in private, your Instagram feed is like complete ministry. Like the things you say and the pictures you post, like it is so refreshing and authentic that, um, I just want to affirm you in that, but you're not running from who you are, right? Like you're putting yourself out there and it's shining bright among this world of fakeness or contrived (laughs) spirituality. And so that's just my message of like, whether you are shut in or you are on a stage or you are raising babies or you are rocking a nonprofit, don't run from who you are and who you are, not just like, well, this is like, I hate the phrase, this is my truth. No, no, no. That might be your reality. Say it again. (laughs) That might be your reality and your experiences, but God's word is truth. 
and he says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, he says, you're saved by grace, right? It's not by works. And then he says, there are good works prepared in advance for you to do. We don't do that to earn his love. We do that as an expression of thanks because we're already loved. And so that's my message for Holly Noel and a very brilliant Christmas. So and good. Jess and Tia, for you and myself, let's not run from who we are. Wow. Amen. <laughs> So timely. You have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. That was a gift to me. I swear, Jess, we've been saying this at the end of every interview lately. The Lord is bringing us people like to bless us in this. And our goal is to be a blessing to our guests and help them get their message out into the world. Because, I mean, we're cheerleaders at Collected. We want to see everyone have an opportunity to say, share their story and say what the Lord has put on their hearts. And I just feel like he's he's like, you know what, but this is for you too. You're going to be blessed by your obedience in this. And that that's true of everything we do in our lives, that when we walk in obedience and we say yes to God, we are blessed in that. And it may not look like having enough money in the bank or, <laughs> or having something to show for it, something material that you can say, here, look what I built. But He's always blessing us in our obedience. And so thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. that it's funny, you, you basically just gave me my own message when I needed to hear it. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for your obedience in that. The Holy Spirit was all over that. So we appreciate that, Katie. You're well, amazing. You can pray that my tattoo doesn't hurt so bad because I'm going to get on my foot. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, You have to send us a picture and we'll put it in the show notes so okay. people can yes, see. I know. And, and you'll see. see if it ends up being on my arm because I chickened out. <laughs> like, that is so funny. Anyway. I love Mine it. Are you on, on my the top foot. or the bottom? But it's very I, I, little. Okay. Well, I was kind yeah. of thinking along like the inner part of my foot. Oh yeah, but that's supposed to be like the most painful place yeah. on your body. We'll, we'll just I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna straight talk of like, tell me, like, you know, because yep. I can be swayed to have it like on my arm if needed. Yes. If need be. That's right. Oh my goodness. Uh, Katie, wow. thank well, you so much for coming. And for sharing your story and everyone go out and buy this novel. Uh, we'll put a link to it. It sounds so good. I'm excited to read yes. it. Well, Jen, I was going to say too, if people purchase um, two or more copies, it's an ebook or paperback form. We have a free book club kit for them. So if they want to gather like their gal pals or do a virtual book club, it has like icebreakers, discussion questions, trivia, a Spotify playlist, a deleted breakup scene. And so if they go to averybavarianchristmas.com, they can just enter like their proof of purchase and then they'll get that delivered in their inbox for free. So we just wanted to do something fun for you to do with like your family or your friends at the end of this year. I love that. That's awesome. That's amazing. I got movie vibes off of that, what you just said. What are you thinking? Well, that is my not secret wish, is I want this to be <laughs> okay. a movie, or I started writing the musical the other day, yes. too. Yes. So, so at the end of chapter one, and people can read chapter one for free on Amazon, too. Like, I think they give a sneak peek. But she, you know, she's stuck in the store, and so I wrote a song called Stuck Inside the Snow Globe. You know, where she just feels trapped. And can't you picture that there'd be this big plastic, you know, snow yes. globe that comes down on her while she's singing the song? So, you know, producers and stuff, if you're listening, like, not going to lie. <laughs> yes. 
Well, you're talking to the right people. T and I are both theater nerds, proudly. We'll be there. Hey, yeah. if, if I, I can love cast it. you, I will. Yes. Awesome. I'm so there for that. <laughs> Jess, you're like the quintessential Holly Noel, too. She's oh. a brunette. But Thank she, you. you know, you look, you look slim. She does like the cookies. She's a little, maybe more curvy than well, you. Well, I can, can fatten up for the, my starring role. <laughs> there you go. I've got a big oh sweet gosh. tooth. Yes, that is true. She's happy to eat the cookies. <laughs> oh, oh man! Well, well thank Katie, you, thank Katie. you again for being here. Thanks, we really so much, enjoyed ladies. it. What a powerful interview and just a great reminder as we head into the Christmas season also that our hope is not in the things of this world. Um, It's not in the presents we get or don't get or the family we may not be able to see this year. Like the power of what Jesus did when he came to earth is still something we're celebrating, even if it doesn't look like it used to in previous years. And um, he's with us no matter who else isn't right now. That's so true. Um, so that's, that's so true. Just a good reminder. And as she was talking in her interview, I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast about how my condo is flooded. Um, but some of the things she said about just God providing in unexpected ways, I want to share a little bit more about what happened. Um, I live in a floodplain. I own my condo, so there's no getting out of it yet. Um, but I do have <laughs> flood insurance, which is a huge blessing. But I'm going to be out of my place for six months. And no, none of my policies actually cover loss of use. My condo policy does, but they don't cover this scenario because it was a flood. My flood policy doesn't have it because FEMA is supposed to cover it. But FEMA hasn't declared us a national disaster, so they don't give me anything. So they sent me to the Red Cross, and the Red Cross can essentially put me on a wait list for a shelter. So it was kind of like I spent a lot of time on the phone spinning in circles, everybody sending me to a different place and nobody actually being able to help me the way I needed or the way I thought I needed. Right. And, you know, I was putting in the work, I was doing everything I could do, but everything I could do wasn't enough. And I feel like Mm. I got to this point when they said they could put me in a shelter where I got off the phone and I just started crying. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, okay, Lord, I'm at the end of my rope. I have done everything that is humanly possible for me to do. I have no more contacts. I have no more people to call. Like, this is yours now. I need you to show up and provide either somewhere for me to live for free or some money to pay for an apartment or some solution that I'm not thinking of. And then not even a day later, I got a call from my dad who knows somebody in a nonprofit who does this stuff of people who fall through the cracks, who are need short-term relief and don't have it. Um, And he said they were able to give me money to help me, you know, find a place to live for six months. Come on, Lord. And it was just like, I I was just blown away by God's provision and his goodness. And that's not to say I didn't, do my part. Like I, I had to do all the things I could possibly do. And he met you at the end of your rope. Yes. And then when I was and out I of options. I think that's sometimes where we find him, you know? He showed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yep. I don't know. So just if anyone out there is at the end of your rope and feeling discouraged, you know, my turnaround thankfully was very fast 
And in this case, mm-hmm. I needed it to be. Um, yeah. Because I didn't have anywhere to go. But sometimes God's timing isn't quite as fast. Um, but I just yeah. want to encourage you not to lose hope because He's working on our behalf behind the scenes. And we don't know when mm. the day is going to come that is the turning point, you know, where, right. where you, you know, you meet that guy or you get the news you need or you needed the, you know, you get the job or the interview or whatever it is that you're praying and waiting for. Like, don't lose hope because um, yeah. He is the God of hope. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, Jess. Thank you for sharing like mm-hmm. behind the scenes. That's I think important <laughs> for people to know. You know, like yeah. sometimes sometimes it would be easy to present this happy shining face that has no problems and everything's going great, you know, but we have we have real lives with real stuff going on and um and we we've personally I have been working on evoking more authenticity out, outwardly, not just in my private life, but actually sharing that from behind the microphone or behind the the keyboard or the phone, you know, posting and everything. And I appreciated what Katie said about um, about my Instagram feed because I feel like that is something where the Lord keeps giving me encouragement. And I wanted to say, if you feel like you're hearing a message on repeat from the Lord, because encouragement about authenticity and vulnerability has been something I've gotten three times in the last week from random people. Oh, wow. Katie was the third. Yeah. And so, and I feel like I want to say to you, pay attention to themes, listeners. Mm. If the Lord is is coming to you with something good, good, convicting, encouraging, um, a revelation of some of some some way that he is or about his character pay attention to that and latch on to it because he does speak to us in themes i think sometimes because like i'm too thick to get it after one time if nothing else so um yeah so that's just one of those ways that god can speak to us and in this season of i think i'm probably not the only one who feels a little dry and isolated and detached from community and um like it, it feels like sometimes God is very quiet, but He mm-hmm. speaks to us in ways we may not recognize. So if you guys are interested in learning more about the ways that God speaks, I actually have an article that I wrote a long time ago um, that I would be happy to to share with you. Just off the cuff, I'm reminded of that, five ways that God speaks. So just email us, Tia at collectedministries.org, and I'll be happy to shoot you that article. Um Anyways, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry I'm so Christmas. grateful for Christmas. <laughs> I know. Of everything I lost in the flood, one of the first things I replaced was a Christmas tree. Good. Like, Excellent. I need some Christmas cheer. Absolutely. I'm buying Absolutely. this in faith that I will have an apartment to put it up in. That's perfect. I love it. Yes. <laughs> well, everyone, have a wonderful couple of weeks, and we will see you back here in two Thursdays. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, giveaways, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.